Welcome to the latest SimTalk mini-episode. Hello everybody, it's Benjamin again. Today Anne can't join me, so we're gonna have another mini-episode where I want to pick up a topic that Stefan Bankson raised last week in his very interesting interview. Um, and that is the topic of being bolder with simulations. So it struck a nerve with me because I currently try to expand knowledge about simulation and awareness within my firm. And I talk to very senior people about it, how it can deliver value and how it may help our clients. And what I hear very often is this reply. Well, this looks really, really cool. This looks super promising, but actually our client is at a very basic stage at the moment. We don't need, this looks like too advanced, you know? We don't need super detailed models. We don't need this digital twin stuff. Um, we need to keep it simple at the moment and move things fast. So how can you go about that claim? Today, I want to share with you three reasons to push back on that interesting way of seeing simulation. On the one hand, you could say it's good that people actually see that simulation can deliver super complex insights, but it is a much broader tool and Stefan encourages us to be bolder. So here are three reasons to convince people to be bolder. Number one, imagine that I want you to think about building a Lego set. I give you the instructions and I want to think it I want you to think it through from start to finish, every step. And I want to think you to think about any problems that might arise during that process. Now, compare that to me actually giving you the Lego pieces and the instruction and making you build the thing. So this is like the situation where people sit at the start of a project and think about what they could do to solve a situation and you know what kind of issues are going to arise in the future it's essentially futile because you don't you can't think things through uh, a lot in your head uh, if you build the the problem in a simulation model like if you want to change something in a factory for example it is much more conducive to actually producing insights and uh, uncovering problems along the way so it's super useful for brainstorming during workshops and interviews with experts right at the start of, uh, of a project. People can agree on how a system works. You basically say, is this how it works? You drag and drop a couple of things and check with them. And you can build it live with them during the workshop. And that triggers a very unique way of people thinking about stuff and creating insights. Um, it's the, the kind of solutions that you find you cannot find with typical problem-solving approaches with typical workshop approaches so that's reason number one having um, having a, a virtual model right from the start the second reason is imagine that you are to introduce the change to a factory the new initiative to the CEO of a company and typically what you do is you go, you have your PowerPoint deck prepared. He sits back, he listens to you. At the end, he asks some questions and then it's yes or no. Well, imagine the situation is like this. You actually go into the room and you open the simulation model and make the CEO click play on his iPad and show him the current situation. And then you ask him, well, can you, can you run it again for me, but with the proposed initiative that I want to talk about? 
and he does it and he will start asking you questions. So what did you do? What's this? What is that? Why is that going on? Why is that like that? Shouldn't we do it like that? And you have a much, a very different conversation in, in your board meeting. So um, if you want to bring stakeholders on board, it's a very sharp communication tool. That's number two. Number three, the previous two reasons were basically qualitative. So simulation is useful for this qualitative information gathering and convincing. Number three is quantitative. So even from the start, for some systems, a simple simulation model can beat a, a complex Excel model uh, by months or by days. Take this example. Say you have a, a bank and people are arriving and you want to know the waiting time of people. You have two tellers in the bank and you know on average how often people arrive and it's a non-normal distribution the way they arrive and you also know the, the service time distribution. It's also not a, a typical distribution. Um, with an Excel model this would be extremely hard to do. You're talking hours if not days and interestingly with a operations research mathematical approach this is impossible to solve. You cannot solve this. And with a simulation model, it's like a 15 minute exercise plus a little bit for animation if you want to. So, you know, if you want to convince people that simulation can bring quantitative useful results from minute one, this is always a good example to talk about. Uh, people just don't know about this comparison. So the three reasons again, um, it's, uh, it's very good for workshops to produce insights right from day one. It's really good as a communication tool to convince people. And it's also a really good quantitative tool in many situations and much better than Excel. So don't let people push back on, um, on your simulation push. Don't let them tell you it might be too advanced or we only need a simple analysis. Simulation can cover these areas quite well as well. And that matches with Stefan Bankson's um, framework that he mentioned and also with his push to be bolder. So if you have any thoughts or comments on that, please share them. I'd be very interested to hear them and you can find a link to, to discuss that on LinkedIn or in the show notes. Thanks a lot 